Do you know what a trauma bond actually is? Welcome to Nobody Likes You When You Trauma Bond. The big misconception is that trauma bonding is when you bond with someone over sharing your trauma with them or having similar trauma. But I'm here to tell you what it actually is. In short, it is a relationship pattern that keeps you stuck in dynamics that do not support the expression of your authentic self. They are unhealthy patterns based on our earliest unmet needs in childhood. This chapter is again based on Dr. Nicole LaPera's book, How to Do the Work, where she has a chapter about trauma bonds. A lot of us had very stressful childhoods, and that's what feels familiar to us. It's seen very often in adult romantic relationships that people will cause stressful situations subconsciously because it's familiar, and most people would rather have familiarity over the unknown. Very often, people need to have that stress response to feel. Without that stress response in a relationship, they feel bored, almost numb, um, They will question if they even have feelings for their partner because they aren't feeling. But what they aren't feeling is the stress response from their childhood. There comes a time where you realize the people you choose to love are not random. It's all part of a deeper story that starts in your attachment bonds in infancy. This goes back to attachment theory. If you don't know what that is, please go back and listen to my episode on it. Trauma bonding is a problematic bond that is reinforced by neurochemical expressions of reward, being love, and punishment, which is the removal of love. Dr. Patrick Carnes coined the term trauma bonding, but his research focused on extreme cases such as domestic violence, incest, child abuse, and even Stockholm Syndrome cases of kidnapping cults and hostage takings. In his definition, we enter into a trauma bond when we seek comfort from the source of our trauma. In this case, the person who is abusing us or hurting us, um, in milder cases, the person that is uh, withdrawing or um, removing their love. Dr. Carnes described this phenomenon as the misuse of fear, excitement, sexual feelings, and sexual physiology to entangle another person. The unconscious pull towards these patterns is so strong that we will do almost anything to preserve a relationship founded on a trauma bond, often engaging in acts of self-betrayal in order to receive that love. Some of the basic common signs you'll witness in a trauma bond are you have an obsessive compulsive pull towards particular relationships. Even though you know the relationship will likely have problematic long-term consequences. This plays out in a push-pull dynamic in which the emotions of fear and abandonment appear to be exciting chemistry. 
in turn, when you're in a safe, stable relationship, it loses the thrill of the threat of loss. So you'll start to feel bored or numb. Your needs are rarely met in particular relationships or you are unaware of what your needs even are in any relationship. In this case, you have a detachment to yourself. Maybe your parent figures were unable to meet your needs because maybe they were unable to meet their own. This will leave you similarly unable to meet your own needs or even know what your needs are. Or maybe you do know what your needs are, but you continue to betray yourself in your relationships to just maybe, just maybe get your needs met. And as a result, have a related lack of self-trust. And when you don't trust yourself, you tend to outsource, outsource your worth to others. And when you outsource your worth, you become chronically dependent on other people's perceptions of who you are, rather than making decisions and choices based on your own inner knowing, you make them through someone else's perspective, allowing another person to validate or invalidate your reality. This becomes a vicious cycle that leaves you feeling constantly destabilized. Some people will say they feel crazy, And that continues your disconnection from your inner guidance. For people who have experienced trauma, it's easy to confuse the feeling of mental and physical activation for authentic connection. We confuse the intense emotions associated with a trauma bond for love. When stress responses are identified as our... our, um, homeostatic home by the subconscious, we may confuse signals of threat and stress for sexual attraction and chemistry. This traumatic bonding is an emotional addiction, as real and consuming as any other addiction. That takes us on a similar uh, biochemical roller coaster. When we exist in a state of fear, of physical harm, sexual abuse, or abandonment, our body is altered on molecular, neurochemical, and physiological levels. The feeling we get from the release of stress hormones and our nervous system response can become addictive if we are conditioned to associate them with the experience of love. When a romantic relationship is built on extreme highs and lows, it often also has corresponding sexual highs and lows that can make us feel extremely alive. The hormones released during sex are potent. Oxytocin increases the feeling of bonding and acts as a pain reliever momentarily numbing whatever emotional and physical hurt exists. Dopamine improves our mood and like estrogen boosts give women an overall boost. When we are engaged in trauma bonding, we are not reacting from our rational mind. We are pulled in by subconscious wounds of our past 
living in autopilot patterns that are rooted in the familiar. As long as you are unaware of these conditioned patterns, even if you do find the perfect partner with zero red flags, you'll still feel as though the relationship is missing something essential. There will be no connection because you're still trapped in the trauma bond state and no amount of good sense can knock you out of it. Trauma bonding is a process that needs to be unlearned and it takes time and dedication. It takes like a lot of work. So like I said, these trauma bonds are often based on your childhood and your needs being unmet. So let's talk about the trauma bond archetypes. The goal here is to give yourself permission to go back and ask yourself, what happened way back then? How did it hurt me? And how do I cope in my relationships now? The first is having a parent who denies your reality. When a child is told what they are thinking, feeling, or experiencing is invalid, it creates a disconnect from themselves and their intuition. Those of us with this wound often continue to deny our own reality to maintain harmony. Generally, they won't acknowledge their own needs. They're also usually caretakers that will ignore their own needs to make everything okay for someone else because if that person is okay then they are okay another is having a parent who does not see or hear you those who felt that their parent figures ignored or neglected their core need of being seen and heard learned early that they must quiet their true nature in order to receive love The same effect can happen with parents who are emotionally immature that use maybe silent treatment or like icing strategies. This wounding can also manifest in this person picking big personality partners. Such people have a core wound that they are not seen or heard. And so they pick a partner who keeps them in this state of living out of expression of the core wound, once again pulling them towards the familiar state of smallness or invisibility. Of course, this partnership will also activate the core emotions of not feeling seen or heard. Um, Having a parent who vicariously lives through you or molds and shapes you When your parent figures directly or indirectly express preferences about our beliefs, wants, and needs, it creates a lack of space for our authentic self-expression. This often results in this person relying on external guidance from friends, partners, family, etc. for all of life's big and small decisions. They always need to talk everything out with multiple people just to know how they feel instead of being in touch with their inner self enough to just feel how they feel and know it. Another one is having a parent who does not model boundaries. This can be a parent consciously invading our privacy or even 
unconsciously crossing our boundaries by telling us to do things we didn't feel comfortable with for the sake of being polite or good. This can cause us in adulthood to constantly override our own needs in relationships and consistently allow our limits to be crossed. Having a parent who is overly focused on appearance. I think most of us have received direct and indirect messages about our appearance from parent figures who focused a lot on the way we looked physically. As adults, we can develop a habit of comparing ourselves to others to see if we measure up on superficial levels, um, not understanding that emotional wellness goes far deeper than surface level. This can cause us to ignore our well-being, including painful and difficult issues in relationships, and focus on how we're externally perceived. Lastly, having a parent who cannot regulate their emotions. Many of us model the same emotional reactivity or inhibition that was expressed by our parent figures. If they coped by exploding or withdrawing, we will often cope in the same way that we learned from them. This could result in the individual being avoidant, detached, or engaging in dissociation. Many will also use external numbing aids like drugs or alcohol. Uh, The bond itself may even be the numbing agent. When we are preoccupied with a relationship, we don't have to ask ourselves if something deeper is making us unhappy. The ways that these trauma bonds manifest can show up as the anxious avoidant trap that I talked about in my episode on attachment theory. Trauma bond relationships often have this approach withdrawal patterning. For example... Avoidant withholds their love. The anxious feels abandoned and deeply hurt and begins to move closer to the avoidant in order to regain the anxious person's own felt emotional safety. The closer the anxious person comes, the more the avoidant pulls away, the more anxiety the anxious person will feel. Neither partner's needs are being met and each partner grows upset with each other. This is the very essence of the trauma bond dynamic, as well as the anxious avoidant trap. So here's the fun part, my own relationships and upbringing. This is actually something that I've been working on in therapy for a while, although I didn't put it together that this was what trauma bonding is. I have very often confused feelings of anxiety and insecurity with passion and love. I've noticed that the partners I've had that I've felt most passion with are the ones that have put me in that push and pull dynamic where they give me love then withdraw it. So I've been working on redefining what passion means to me. As far as why I feel this way and have an, inf- an infinity toward trauma bonds, I believe it has developed from this deep, painful wound I have from 
longing for my dad's love and attention and never truly getting it in the way that I craved. He never really saw or heard me. Even before he left and moved to the other side of the planet, I felt invisible to him in our home and felt nervous whenever I would have to get his attention for something, even though I longed for a close relationship with him. My mom also invalidated my reality a lot, but not in a malicious way, in a way that she was trying to protect me from the hurt. She wanted to protect me from the pain by convincing me that there was no valid reason to feel it. And of course, if she was honest and unloaded everything on me, that would have been way more damaging. So, you know, I forgive her, of course. She did what she could. Um, So I've experienced this compulsive pull toward relationships that I know probably won't work out. I've confused the emotions of fear and abandonment with exciting chemistry. Also, when I say compulsive, I mean compulsive. I'll be aware of these patterns and fully know it's going to hurt me, but I'll still do it. It's this insane compulsive need to try to fix or heal these wounds that my dad left. My mind goes... I know how how bad this person will make you feel, but just imagine how great it will feel when you get them to heal and love you unconditionally forever. You get to fix this problem that you never got to fix with your father. By doing this, I betray myself consistently. I know what I deserve. I love myself, and I know that there are people ready and able to love me the way I deserve. But any potential partners that haven't made me feel this way, I've deemed like boring or I just didn't feel the spark. These people could have everything that I want on paper, but I'm not thinking with my rational mind and I'm not thinking with my heart either. I'm being pulled by my subconscious wounds of my past. I am literally known to have (laughs) the worst taste in men. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and I've dated you. (laughs) Everyone that I've been with have had qualities that I adore and admire. Um, But no one has really been emotionally ready for me or just something deeper in general. And I don't think any of you would argue with that. Anyways, one of my best friends will literally be like, This guy that you're seeing seems nice, but knowing your luck, he'll probably turn out to be a dick. Well, luck has nothing to do with it. It took me (laughs) more than enough times to realize that the problem is me. I'm deeply wounded and have never given up the search for the love and validation that I craved but never received in childhood. I'm addicted to this longing from my past, so I unconsciously made it my future. So how do we heal and find authentic love and connection? I'm still trying to figure this out because I still, I haven't unlearned it. It's still such a toxic thing in my brain, but no, you're not doomed even if all 
your relation your romantic relationships have met this criteria. Trauma bonds are teachers outlining the relationship patterns we've always carried and the areas that we can begin to work on changing. The first step is becoming aware of them. Because once you're aware, then the process of change can begin. So hey, if you listened to this episode and came came to some realizations, then you're on the right track. If you're in a relationship where you have that push-pull trauma bond trap going on, the most important thing to do is to clearly communicate your feelings in your own inner world. If you're avoidant and begin withdrawing, you are more than allowed to say, hey, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I am feeling myself pull away. If you're the anxious person in that, often just hearing your partner verbalize their experience will help you feel more emotionally connected and will deactivate your nervous system from the threat of possible abandonment. You will get the connection you crave allowing you to maybe feel safe enough to give the avoidant person the space they need emotionally. Also doing the work alone if you're single, but if you're in a trauma bond, maybe do it together. Go to therapy, come to realizations, talk about the deepest painful wounds that have caused you to act the way you do out of fear. It will allow healing and bring you closer as a result. For a relationship to thrive, it can't be used as a means to fill the voids or wounds caused by a parent figure. I'm going to say that again. For a relationship to thrive, it can't be used as a means to fill the voids or wounds caused by a parent figure. It's important to have a clear understanding of what authentic love really looks and feels like. For me, I like to tell myself that authentic love doesn't feel like an emotional roller coaster. It feels like peace and safety and an inner knowing that you are both choosing to show up from a place of mutual respect and admiration. This love is not what's seen in the movies. It doesn't always feel good or romantic. The cycles of emotional addiction that we associate with love aren't activated. It should be a grounded state. The path forward also involves becoming aware of the role of self-betrayal in your trauma bonds and the role that you can play in honoring your own needs. So I'm going to wrap it up here. I hope this felt like a (laughs) great breakthrough therapy session where you learned a lot about yourself and why we do the things that we do. Next week's episode is going to be the final episode of season one of Nobody Likes You. I'm going to take a bit of a break for a while after that so I can catch up on some reading and other life things while I also work on the business aspect of this whole thing. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will, you will hear from me next week for sure, but have a great rest of your week. Love you.